Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 210. 210. Hi, how are you? It's Wednesday, it's podcast day. Uh, it's a full day today. I'm recording three, uh, editing four, uh, but that's exciting. That means more podcast episodes for you. Thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here with you. <sighs> we are getting ready to go to Nashville in about a week, uh, which is very cool, for our second Confidently Ever After event, a live event a full day intimate live event with my warrior women. All of these women I have never met in real life before. Never. Uh, and most of the women that came to the Australian Confidently Ever After event, I had never met those women uh, other than two in real life before. There's something so cool about meeting these women, getting to touch them and actually be in a room with them after spending years with them online. A lot of the women that are coming uh, to the national event have been with me for at least, you know, eight, nine months. Most of them uh, have been with me for well over a year, 18 months, two years. A few of them are about to come into their third year of training with me, which is so cool. So I'm really excited. I'm putting the final touches on the event, organizing the food, uh, organizing some behind the scenes stuff, uh, workbooks, uh, t-shirts, little bits and pieces for the experience. Uh, so that is what I'm doing with a lot of my time. Uh, there's also some really cool stuff going on inside of Warrior School. So I've planned out the next five months. Uh, do we have five months left? What is it? August, September, October, November, December. Four months now. <laughs> but when I started planning it, it was uh, five months. So I've planned out the next five months. Uh, we're running some cool things as a group inside of Warrior School so they're going through a reset right now during August. And then come September, we are running uh, the Warrior Queen 2.0 again. But 2.0 means better and cooler and just next level, which was kind of our theme this year with the training stuff to go next level. Uh so I am also planning that, which is very fun uh, and it's going to be, it's going to run very differently uh, to how it ran last time. But the women got amazing results uh, at, in the last Warrior Queen Challenge. If you haven't checked out some of their uh, podcast episodes, their conversations that we had, I highly recommend that you check them out. Also, if you've been thinking about finding out more about us, about joining us, uh, now's the time. You want to come in right out, not even right out, you want to come and enter the second half of the year in this school, doing all of this really cool stuff that we're going to do. So Warrior Queen will go from September through to October and then... I'm going back to the motherland in November. Then we're going to run our end of year event, which is always an epic two-day uh, online event. And that is going to be around this theme or this idea of reinvention, reinventing yourself, reinventing your life or creating, you know, creating your second life. Uh, so planning, lots of planning on my end, but lots of really cool, fun stuff that I get to be really creative um, in doing. Uh, 
what else is going on? We're about to do our fifth salsa dance lesson tomorrow. Uh, And then we've got our sixth one the night before we fly out to Nashville, which has been, it's been so fun. Uh, It was a six week uh, beginner introduction course to salsa dancing. And I think I wrote about it maybe in an email, and I'm not sure I've talked a lot about it on the podcast, but that first week that we went there, there was actually a lot of people in the class and, you know, we, no one knew each other uh, and we thought that we would just dance with uh, the person that we came with, but there was actually way more men in the salsa dancing class than females and traditionally in salsa dancing, the men take the lead and then the females are the follows. And so they kind of had to like rally some of the girls at the front desk. Uh, and then some of the, the males had to go in between all of the partners. So at times they weren't dancing with a follow, but they got to practice their steps. Anyway, it turns out that we didn't just get to dance with our partner if we came with one. We actually had to go and dance around, uh, like in a circle and rotate partners. And that first week, no one looks at each other in the eye. You're very close to these people, you know, they're, you're in your um, like salsa dancing position. Uh, and it was, you know, really awkward. Uh, we were also, we had no idea what we were doing, but last week we, which was the fourth week, it was really kind of cool to see everyone was more relaxed. You know, we had seen each other for like four weeks now. We were laughing and there was more um, connection in in the dancing. And so I'm really looking forward to going for the next two weeks. Uh, and it's been a really fun experience to learn uh, a new skill to salsa dance. So <laughs> that's fun. We're doing that tomorrow night. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on in my world right now. Okay, should we do it? Let's get into today's uh, topic, topic of conversation. We are going to talk about dietary supplements for performance and health. And some of the stuff that I'm going to speak about today actually came from a live teaching call that I did inside of Warrior School uh, a few months ago. So we spoke about uh, supplements and we looked at it from two different angles, supplements for health and supplements for performance. And the the research that I shared uh, and the recommendations that I made to my warriors came from the work of uh, Kelly from Period of Period, She is a researcher out of the UK and she just finished her PhD and a lot of her work is on female physiology and they, she did a really cool research review on dietary supplements for females and looking at it from, you know, what, what is the body of evidence or research when it comes to performance uh, and females and performance with supplementation. So we're going to talk about that. The idea for the podcast also came from my nails. (laughs) So my nails are the longest and strongest they have ever been since I have been consistently taking my oyster and liver supplements from Saturay. Now, I'm a pretty consistent gal. Uh, You know, when I decide that I'm going to do something, I do it. Uh, But the supplement thing with my oyster and my liver, it was interesting. So it's actually a little bit difficult to get Saturay here to the north, to Canada. Uh, It can take quite a while and we actually have to pay a bulk of extra tax on top of... um, our purchase already. So when it comes into the country, we've got to pay extra, which really sucks. Um, And I'm not sure. I believe that potentially they have to do it in the US as well. So 
just because it had to come all the way from Australia and we've got this extra kind of like, you know, tax thing, I wasn't, I wasn't great at ordering it and having it in stock. Uh, and so therefore the inconsistency of taking it. And to be honest, I think Saturay has the best liver and oyster supplements. They're an amazing company. Yes, of course, I'm going to say that because Kitty is a dear friend of mine. Uh, but, you know, I truly believe the work uh, and the effort that went behind their product, you know, Emma and Kitty and the group of researchers uh, and scientists, uh, pharmacists or whatever, you know, whoever you need to create um, a supplement, it's it's really one of the best, most well thought out, well researched, well produced um, supplement. So I was really hesitant to actually get my supplements from anywhere else. So I knew that I was going back to Australia in May. So I stocked up on liver and oyster. And since then, I have been taking them very consistently. Uh, and... Yeah, my nails are the longest and strongest they have ever been. They look good. Uh, so I thought, let's talk about that. Let's talk about liver and oyster. Let's talk about some of the other supplements that I take to support my foundation, to support my health. And then we can talk about uh, supplements and performance and look at some of the research. How does that sound? Yeah. So before we dive in, uh, I, I just want you to know that I actually have a code that you can use for Saturay. So in the show notes, I will pop the link uh, and my code that you can use to get a discount on Saturay product. Super cool for all of the women and all of my warriors in Australia. Uh, they can use that code, get a discount. For those in the north, you can still use the code, get the discount. The discount might even pay for the extra tax that you have to pay to get it into the country. Uh, but I don't even know if I'm allowed to share this. I hope so. Kitty, I hope so. She's not listening right now, but uh, I believe they're coming to America, Saturate, which is really, really exciting. And I have spoken to Kitty about actually getting it into Van into Canada um, and maybe being able to distribute it in, in Canada here. So yes, use um, my code. It's Warrior School. The link will be in my show notes. Okay, let's talk about supplements from a health perspective. Now, what we're going to talk about is, you know, I'm not a doctor. Uh, sorry, this is not medical advice whatsoever. If you are on medication, uh, if you have questions about supplements, uh, one, I would highly recommend actually checking out Saturay's site. Emma, who is an amazing nutritionist, has got some amazing articles about the products, about the supplements um, on their website. And then secondary to that, talk to talk to the person at your table that takes the role of functional GP, GP, medical professional person, uh, especially if you take other medication before whacking some of these supplements in your mouth. Uh, so I take liver and oysters, as I just said, and I'm taking it like a good girl, uh, every day, really consistently. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed is an improvement in my nails, length, strength, health, uh, the growth of them. I've also noticed a really big improvement in my hair and my skin. Uh, and we're going to talk about the benefits of liver and oysters in a second. I also take magnesium. Uh, a magnesium bisglycinate, uh, a, I take collagen, so a saturated collagen. I take Element, which is an electrolyte drink, and then I'll normally have whey or casein protein powder around uh, my training. 
in times of stress, I'll take an L-theanine, uh, a GABA and an adaptogen kind of cocktail mix at night before I go to bed. So that's kind of like my foundational uh, supplement list, I guess, cocktail. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's talk about liver for a bit. So, and Satray uses beef liver. And so beef liver provides this really unique high level of essential nutrients. So to name a few, vitamin A, she's a big one. And liver is especially high in preformed vitamin A, which supports our vision, our skin. Uh, it supports um, our hormones, uh, our kidney health, our immune system, and it can really reduce oxidative stress, so reduce uh, free radicals. It's also really high in vitamin B12, which supports our brain function and the formation of our red blood cells and our DNA. And it also functions to increase the usage of vitamin A, so making the A in liver even more potent. Uh, it's also really um, a good source of copper and that really supports activation of enzymes which help regulate energy production. And it can help metabolize iron and it really helps our brain function. It also prevents graying hair and it's really important for keeping skin youthful. Uh, then it's really high in other B vitamins like vitamin B2, which is riboflavin, and vitamin B9, which is folate. So uh, vitamin B2 supports cellular development. Uh, it help con converts food into energy. It's been shown uh, in some studies to reduce age spots on our skin uh, and B9 supports cell growth and the formation of DNA. Uh, and liver is actually super interesting. So liver is actually a far richer source of folate than green leafy vegetables. It also has choline, uh, which supports brain development and liver function. Then there's iron, uh, so heme iron, which helps carry oxygen around the body. And then the last really cool one is uh uh, CoQ10. So uh, beef liver and beef heart are actually the richest sources of CoQ10. And that's really important for our cardiovascular health, our fertility, um, endurance. It also really helps reduce inflammation and the damaging effects of free radicals and stress. Uh, so it's pretty cool food. Uh, and that's why actually when I was speaking to Kitty one day and I was like, why did you, why did you call saturate uh, liver capsules A plus? And they did that because it's the, in reference to the fact that it contains such high levels of preformed vitamin A plus many of the other nutrients that we just talked about above. And one of vitamin A's many really important actions is to prolong the life of skin cells so that they don't shed um, or turnover so quickly. So the um, keratinization of skin uh, cells. And I believe this is a reason um, why it also really helps in nails, like nail growth. Um, the other really cool thing about the, the liver is that our hormones, they can't be balanced without sufficient vitamin A. So real food gangsters um, who are kind of like the, the OG original gangster leaders in the nutritional hormonal metabolic space, they've been harping on about vitamin A for like two decades or more, I think. So you'll find really cool information on vitamin A, liver, um, also on Josh and Jeannie's page. Um, so vitamin A is really important for the production of some key hormones. So pregnenolone, progesterone, and DHEA. Uh, and we really need 
all of those uh, to be produced and function um, optimally for healthy, happy hormones. So there's actually three key, uh, I guess we could call them substances that are required for the production of these hormones. So for us to, to make sufficient progesterone, um, DHEA and pregnenolone, we need um, T3, so active thyroid hormone. We need cholesterol, which is produced and made in the body. And we also get it through food, um, particularly animal products and vitamin A. So vitamin A is essential to actually produce these hormones. So if we are, we have some thyroid problems or we have low cholesterol uh, or we have low vitamin A, uh, we can then see some problems with our hormones. So if any of those are lacking, we can't produce um, these protective, really anti-stress hormones. Uh, and instead, what happens is then we start to notice that the body's quite stressed. We got a stress metabolism uh, where really the opposing hormones will then dominate. So uh, estrogen in particular, and this is where we can start to see some estrogen uh, dominant stuff. And a lot of the time it isn't actually we've got too much estrogen. It's we're not producing these essential hormones, these anti-stress um, protective or um, yeah, hormones. So progesterone, DHEA and pregnenolone. Oysters. Why do we want to take oysters? So uh, this summer... We actually love going down. There's a really cool place called Seaside Provisions, which is like a six minute walk from our house in he here in North Vancouver. And they have a buck shark and which is really cool. You don't really find that uh, anymore. And their oysters are divine, just big and plump and juicy. Uh, and so we try and go down there at least once a week and um, shoot back <laughs> 12 oysters each to be honest if someone shucked them and put them in front of me every morning I would 100% have oysters uh, every morning fresh oysters so if anyone wants to volunteer for that job um, holler at me <laughs> so I have we actually have been having fresh oysters um but I also have been taking my oyster supplement as well, which is also from Saturay. Uh, they worked really hard to source uh, really good um, oysters for a long time. I remember Kitty telling me one time. And um, then I even, I up the dose uh, in wintertime when we don't go down and do buck-a-shuck as much. So why, you know, why do we want to take oysters? How are they good for our health? Well, they really have an abundant, abundant amount of bioavailable zinc. And we really want to get the zinc from the food source, from the oyster, not the synthetic form, which is in the synthetic supplement form. Uh, we want that bioavailable zinc to come from oysters. You know, it's also um, in some other um, animal products. It's super good for our immune system. It supports the vitamin A usage, which again is critical for hormone production. So we actually need zinc to help us make vitamin A. So again, if we've got some vitamin A issues, we need to also look at, are we getting enough bioavailable zinc? Uh, it helps with our hydrochloric acid production. So if we've got some um, HAC, um, HA, HCL problems uh, and we've got digestive problems, we also want to look at, are we getting enough zinc in? Uh, it aids in skin health. Uh, it's also helping with my nails. Uh, and it's really important in sexual health and fertility. And I know Lauren from Innate Nutrition actually speaks about liver, uh, vitamin A and zinc so much in her work. So if you want to dive deeper into um, minerals, uh, supplements, particularly for your sexual health, for your menstrual cycle, for fertility, I highly recommend that you check out Lauren um, Dela Cruz's work from Innate uh, Fertility. She's also been on my podcast before and I'll pop a link into the show notes. 
All right. Uh, oh, the other cool thing about zinc, it also contains a good amount of iron, uh, which is, you know, we we need iron uh, and there's two sorts of iron, heme and non-heme. And we really want to get the iron from our meat, our animal products. So heme, iron, it's more bioavailable uh, for us. Okay, and then magnesium. So I'm not going to go too deep on magnesium, but it's, you know, she is like a main player. She has a role in, I think it's like over 300 biochemical reactions uh, in the human body. She's really important from, you know, from energy production to protein synthesis uh, to blood sugar control and blood pressure regulation. So for a lot of uh, for a lot of us women, especially in women who train, women um, who are, you know go through um, more periods like of of stress, um, more seasons in their life that are, are stressful, uh, women who are low on energy, who maybe have some blood like blood sugar issues, magnesium is really key. It's an it's an essential mineral. Um, in the body and most of us are actually quite low in magnesium a lot of it's got to do with our soil uh, and the low quality of our soil Um, and we stress leaches magnesium so if we are more stressed go through um, more times of stress I think I spoke about magnesium a little bit in the previous podcast episodes that I did on how do I manage um uh myself during times of stress Uh, so a lot of research has been done on magnesium they do talk about um, magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate and it's a type of magnesium supplement made by combining the essential mineral magnesium with the amino acid glycine and what they have found is this form of magnesium actually tends to be very absorbable and less likely to cause stomach upset and digestive issues because some women can actually experience um, GI stuff when they do take magnesium. And it's often used to help people um, up their magnesium intake, relax and sleep better. So it's kind of a top up when we're taking a magnesium supplement we're kind of topping up those magnesium stores and also it does support um, nervous system, helps us, you know, can manage stress a little better. Uh, And it's often um, considered more effective for its high absorbency and bioavailability. So bisglycinate or glycinate, which is why they do say it's a little more effective in treating maybe a magnesium deficiency. The best way to get really clear on where your minerals are at is to get a hair mineral analysis. So they actually take your hair, they analyze your um, minerals, and then they can show you um, potentially what minerals uh, are depleted. So for a lot of women that I work with, they've, they've gotten these done and they're quite depleted in magnesium, potassium, and sodium. Those are kind of the three, but then the ratio of those three are also really important. And so that's why getting one of these tests can be really helpful or working with someone that can help you restore your minerals uh, is essential because we need to get the balance or the ratio right. So we don't want to just start taking a bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of magnesium and then you know, it could put our sodium potassium out of whack or vice versa. So uh, making sure, yeah, you understand, do you have a magnesium deficiency or, you know, what minerals are low? Where do you need support? Uh, And I know Josh and Jeannie also talk a lot about this. Uh, A few of my women use mineral drops, but those women have had hair mineral analysis tests done. So they're really clear on, Uh, their deficiencies in their minerals but it's actually really common a lot of us are you know are quite low in our minerals and if we have energy problems 
uh, or you know a lot of our biofeedback might be a bit wacky one thing to look at yes we want to be eating enough and the composition of those meals is really important but we also need to talk about minerals and I've had Lauren on the podcast and that's what we did our podcast episode on we talked about minerals Uh, I forget what episode it is, but I'll pop it in the show notes. So if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend that you go and listen to that. Or if even if you have, yeah, pop that back on um, and just touch back in with your minerals. The other thing I take is Element. Uh, So I found Element a couple of years ago. It's an amazing electrolyte drink that... uh, has those essential minerals the body really needs to function correctly Uh, so we lose a lot through sweating Um, if you eat quality whole foods um, we can have we can be low in salt and then you know if you're training on top of that uh, or training especially in hot humid environments the um, replenishment of minerals is really important. Or if you are experiencing high periods or seasons of stress, again, you're going to be leaching a lot of um, minerals out. So we found Element a couple of years ago. I love it. It really works for me. A lot of my women take it and they notice a massive difference in the suppleness of their skin, in their energy, in their recovery, in a lot of their biofeedback. Uh, So I would highly recommend Element. Um, Man, I want Saturane Element to be my sponsors of my podcast. That's a good goal for me. Maybe for the end of 2023 or 2024. Uh, But yeah, Element's amazing. Check it out. It's created by Rob Wolf. Uh, I've been following Rob Wolf's work for, I don't know, 10, 15 years or more. Uh, he's He's actually got a podcast, which is really cool. And he's an amazing researcher and scientist. So he created that. And the element really contains, uh, I think it's a thousand milligrams of salt, 200 milligrams of potassium and magnesium as well. So they're my baseline uh, supplements that I take for health. And then we can talk about supplements for performance. So on top of that foundation we've been building. So we've spoken recently a lot about building our foundation, eating enough, uh, the composition of those uh, meals or what we're eating the importance of the macronutrients and then we need to look at minerals uh, so you can touch back in with uh, some of the podcast episodes that I've done in the show notes or touch in with Josh and Jeannie's work uh, or check out um, some of Satray's articles on their website then we can go next level and we can think about training and performance and so Are there particular supplements that we could add in to our plan or strategy to help us with performance, to help us maybe push harder, to help us recover better? As I said, um, I pulled this work from um, uh, Kelly uh, McNutty, uh, who is a researcher in the UK. She did a review on the research out there around um, dietary supplements for females and performance. So the research looked at three key supplements, creatine, beta aniline, and caffeine. And I'm also going to chuck in adaptogens uh, today. So We'll look at the supplement, the application, the dose, uh, but I just wanted to touch on the level of research in women. So a lot of research has been done in men uh, and we've spoken about this before on the podcast. So a lot of sport and exercise research uh, has been done on males. So there's not a big body of research uh, in women. However, saying that, you know, Physiologically, we do have similarities. Yes, we have a menstrual cycle and our hormonal profile is a little bit different. But, uh, you know, we can't disregard all of the research that has been done. Uh, Although I do agree that we need way more research in the female space. We can use some of this research that they have done in males. uh, And uh, then, you know... 
then use it and research and study it and tweak it when it comes to the female population. But let's just have a look at the level of research. So in the uh, in science, um, in the research world, they'll always talk about like the strength of the study or, you know, the level of research, uh, especially when they're doing a review. So when I did the presentation for my warriors, you know, I had it created as bars. So I had these four bars, um, one starting from short up to tallest. And basically I just colored in the bars based on how much level of research that there was um, for that supplement in women. So creatine, I colored in three bars and this is based on the research by the team of researchers um, in the UK. So there was three bars. So it's, it's, you know, it's well researched in women. And if you listen to my podcast with Dr. Stacey Sims, uh, our most recent one, we spoke a little bit about supplementation and actually who, which is the World Health Organization now recommends uh, women to take creatine. And they're finding that it improves aerobic and muscle performance, strength and bone mineral density, recover from, recovery from muscle damage. It helps fat loss. Uh, there's co- cognitive benefits. So they're finding that it can help memory, um, executive function, mood and depression. And we'll talk about the, the loading dose in a second. Uh, beta aniline. The... Uh, I guess the application for that is reduce fatigue from intense exercise by buffering hydrogen. So we'll talk a little bit about beta aniline, but there is very limited research. Uh, and so only one bar is colored in. Caffeine, all bars are colored in. Caffeine is probably one of the most well-researched um, I guess performance enhancing supplements uh, out there. And so its application improved aerobic and sprint performance, reduced pain and fatigue during exercise, uh, positive metabolic adaptations for fat metabolism. And that's got the four bars all colored in. Then adaptogens, which really just means adapt to stress. So it helps the body adapt to stress. Uh, Dr. Stacey Sims speaks a lot about adaptogens and two bars are colored in for adaptogens or the research in women. So let's go through and let's talk about uh, each of those performance enhancing supplements. So creatine was uh, the first one. So creatine is a naturally occurring substance found in your muscle cells. So it's naturally in our body uh, and that helps them produce energy, especially during high intensity exercise and lifting heavy. So 95% of all creatine is actually stored in our muscle mass, so our skeletal muscle. And we can bump up those creatine reserves by about 20% with supplementation. So the research, and there is quite a lot of it now, um, is thought to improve strength, increase lean muscle mass, and help the muscles recover more quickly during exercise. So this muscular, I guess, boost may help um, us or athletes uh, achieve um, bursts of speed and energy, especially during short bouts of high intensity activities such as weightlifting or sprinting. It's also really widely used um, in the bodybuilding world uh, because of the... um, research around increasing lean muscle mass and helping the muscles recover more quickly. So there was a review done in 2021 uh, and it was a review of the literature. And basically they, they look at all the literature and they do a review of that. And it was published in Nutrients and it reported that creatine supplementation may be of particular importance during menses, pregnancy, postpartum, uh, during and post menopause. So when I read that, I was like, so every season of our life, <laughs> every phase, uh, during menstruation, during pregnancy, postpartum, and during peri and post menopause. 
Uh, And they also said that females with varying levels of training and fitness may experience improvements in both anaerobic and aerobic exercise performance from both short-term and long-term creatine supplementation. So one study in 2016, uh, it was on females and they the female participants actually experienced a 15% increase in exercise performance after supplementing with creatine for 10 weeks compared to just 6% in men. So more than double the benefit. So the study actually had males and females in it and they did a 10-week creatine supplementation strategy and the females actually experienced um, a 15% increase in their exercise performance. The men only experienced a 6% increase in their exercise performance. Creatine has also been shown to promote muscle gain. So by And this is why it's used in the bodybuilding world, because it draws water into the muscles, increasing levels of um, a hormone called IGF-1, which increases muscle growth and improves your performance and ability um, and our recovery. Uh, And then there was a review, a recent review as well, done in 2021 on brain health in women. And they found that women with major depressive disorder who um, augmented their daily antidepressant with five grams of creatine responded twice as fast and experienced remission of depression at twice the rate of women who only took their antidepressant. Uh, Again, um, you know, if you suffer anxiety, depression, you should have a whole table of people there that are supporting you with your plan or your strategy. So this is just for informational purposes only. This is not a recommendation. So please consult your table. But they're doing way more research into brain health and mental health. And they're actually finding some really cool stuff on creatine and depression. So creatine supplementation in combination, obviously, with having our strong foundation and with our strength training has been shown to counterbalance uh, muscle, bone and strength loss, especially as we get into our 40s and 50s and beyond. So perimenopause and menopause. It also reduces inflammation, oxidative stress and bone reabsorption while increasing bone formation. And this is why WHO has now put it in their guidelines and they recommend it for uh, women in all seasons of their life. So a lot of the research recommends a traditional loading dose of about 20 grams for five days, then a routine daily dose of three to five grams for four week cycles for women, regardless of age. Again, if you are working with someone or you have a team of people, uh, get them to support you in creating a strategy for this. 20 grams for some women can be too much. It can actually cause a bit of um, GI distress. Uh, and so yeah, get support with your strategy. But basically why they do that is they aim to saturate all of the body's creatine stores. Uh, So uh, as long as you take it every day at any time, you will reap the rewards essentially. Um, So they're trying to just bump up that, you know, we already make it, but give us that 20, extra 20%. um, The traditional side effects of weight gain, so due to water retention, does not occur with a low dose. Uh, So uh, that's kind of a myth that if we take creatine, well, then we just we we feel like we gain all this weight and we've we've holding all of this water. But that's at really large doses. This kind of stems from the original bodybuilding methods of loading creatine and taking a lot uh, multiple times a day uh, with carbohydrates. Uh, So if we take it at a low dose, we don't have all of the weight gain or the water retention, but yet we get the health and performance benefits or outcomes from the supplementation. Then beta aniline. So as I said, it's not as well researched, but some of the research out there says that it does enhance performance by increasing exercise capacity and decreasing muscle fatigue. So it also has an antioxidant kind of immune enhancing uh, property. 
And what it does really is it increases the muscle buffering capacity, which really delays the onset of fatigue and allows for us to push maybe harder for longer, for more, you know, more of a sustained time. So this could, now the research, again, is not very strong, not super conclusive. Uh, Some of the research says that this could delay the onset of both anaerobic and aerobic fatigue and allow us to maybe push for longer or go a little bit more intense in, say, our runs or our hit or our sit sessions. Um, And if we can push for a bit longer or push a bit harder, that could enhance other physiological adaptations. Yeah, like getting fitter, you know, getting stronger, um, changing our body composition if we can push harder or longer. Uh, They did a study on female masters athletes and they showed performance gains with beta aniline supplementation, including improving lower body exercise performance and improved cycling uh, time trial performance. And then they also did another study on perimenopausal soccer players and they found that beta aniline supplementation during plyometric training appeared to add further adaptive changes in endurance and repeated sprinting and jumping ability. And if you're in the menopausal transition, so you're going through perimenopause, um, menopause, and you experience hot flushes during exercise, a dose of beta aniline can help actually open the blood vessels um, before we enter into that training session. Because when we're training, obviously the body heats up, the core body temperature heats up. But if you're already suffering hot flashes, well, then taking a dose of beta aniline could help open the blood vessels, which could help you regulate your temperature a little bit better um, and not overheat because also the overheating um, shortens our time to fatigue. So we'll fatigue uh, a lot sooner. They say that research has shown exercise improves with consumption of 3.2 to 6.4 grams per day. Again, go see the people at your table um, about adding it into your um, protocol. Caffeine. I love caffeine. I love coffee. I love it. Uh, As I said, it's probably the most well-researched dietary performance enhancing supplement uh, out there. Why? Why would, you know, why does caffeine help? Well, It increases the release of stimulating neurotransmitters such as acetylcholine and norepinephrine, which really just leads to enhanced arousal and reduced fatigue. (laughs) Uh, It is is the most studied um, ergogenic aid in the world. And despite this, but despite this, the results are actually a little mixed and they in women and they failed to provide a very clear, I guess, consensus on sex specific outcomes and recommended intake levels. And that's with a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, it's not as well researched. Uh, they do fail, like some of the research shows, you know, massive benefits, other research doesn't. And I've spoken about this before. The problem with research is that there are so many variables uh, that they don't talk about, they don't take into consideration uh, when they're when they're doing the research. Uh, some really good studies do. So they'll, you know, the participants will, you know, this is just an example, all be naturally menstruating women or be in the same um, phase of their cycle when they're doing the thing, will have, um, be eating the same thing. You know, you've got to take into account all of these variables because all of these variables impact our physiology and our performance. Uh, and so a lot of the times they're doing these studies and they're potentially not taking into account all of these other variables. But... Um, there is some research out there that says that it could actually reduce pain uh, and improve aerobic and anaerobic performance. And they do state a lot in the research that there can be a difference between uh, how one responds to caffeine, so also known as how sensitive 
one is. So there are some people out there that are very sensitive to caffeine uh, and others that have um, can tolerate more. So a lot of the research does look at tolerance to pain. So what they do find is that we could push harder uh, and we're less likely to feel pain, which yeah, means we can just train harder, which we could get, you know, more physiological benefits or adaptations if we can uh, and reduces fatigue. Um, and so it gives us energy essentially. And that's why I guess a lot of us um, <laughs> take it uh, at the start of the day because it will one, it's delicious. Two, it's probably a habit. Three, maybe we're addicted, but four, <laughs> it can actually help. Um with improved concentration, uh, it helps with energy. And so, you know, when we can focus, when we can, we have more energy, we can show up to our training and we can potentially train harder. So the recommended dose for caffeine uh, to supplement performance is two to three milligrams of caffeine per kilo of body weight based on the most current evidence that I could find. Uh, and then they also say that higher doses of caffeine don't appear to produce any additional performance benefits. So it's not like we could have more and then we're more energized or more focused. Often it's probably going to go the other way. I don't know if you've ever drank too many cups of coffee and then you feel like sick and jittery and then you have less energy because it's a little bit um, too much on the old nervous system, on the old adrenals. Uh, that said, they really just say it's tolerance to depends on the individual. So a reasonable starting point would be two milligrams of caffeine per kilo of body weight, which is about 125 milligrams of caffeine for about a 60 kilo individual. So we hit peak blood levels about 45 to 60 minutes after ingesting caffeine. And the maximum caffeine effect on fat stores can take up to three to four hours. And then what's really important is that the half-life of caffeine is... I believe it's six or nine hours, or it might even be a bit longer than that. Basically, yeah, I think it might be a bit, even a bit longer. I should have fact-checked that. But the half-life, which means, you know, um, in, say, six or nine hours' time, you're going to still have half the amount of caffeine in your system. So for it to clear, I believe it's well over 12 hours for you to clear the caffeine fully out of your system uh, but during exercise the body clears it much faster than when you're just sitting down all day so when you start using caffeine in an event or when you have to perform or um, you know so we'll just talk about like endurance based sports when they start using it, they need to keep using it till the end because it's going to wear off or they're going to burn through it a lot faster when they're training or performing. Uh, so athletes, you know, if they want to use it, they should make sure that they use caffeine during training prior to using as it as an aid on competition day because you really want to know um, how you feel on it, how the body's responding you know, how, how fast it clears out of the system, how much you need during your race or your performance. Uh, but definitely having that morning coffee before you go and train, uh, you might be able to push harder, feel less pain and get more performance benefits out of that. The last one I just wanted to touch on was adaptogens. So adaptogens are really classes of plants uh, that in can increase your body's uh, resistance to stress. And they do that by targeting your hypothalamus, your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal um, axis, so the HPA axis, uh, and the kind of the neuroendocrine system that controls our reaction to stress and regulates various body functions. So digestion, mood, temperature, and our immunity. So when we take adaptogens, Really what they're doing is they build up in your body over time and the molecules interact with your cells and the receptors on your cells to block some of your cortisol response. So you experience less stress. So adaptogen over time help you adapt to stress. Now, when you take adaptogens, uh, it 
it really so depending on the adaptogen they may have either a stimulating or relaxing effect on your nervous system so they can help significantly with fatigue or cognition or anxiety or uh, vasomotor symptoms so like hot flashes night sweats uh, that a lot of perimenopausal and postmenopausal women can get Uh, So we just need to be clear on why are we using them? You know, do we need uh, a stimulating response or do we need a relaxing effect on the nervous system? So I thought I'd just talk through two uh, main ones, rhodiola. So Dr. Stacey Sims talks about this quite a lot. And it's also known as golden root. And it's a natural stimulant which helps balance levels of serotonin and dopamine which can become too high during uh, the menopausal years causing mood swings and anxiety so uh, rhodiola has been found to improve concentration and reduce mental fatigue as well as decrease anxiety and irritability and the research shows that it can boost exercise performance uh, and it can also help reduce hot flashes I'm not going to go too deep into the dosage, uh, but it's quite a, um, a popular adaptogen. It can be a good place to start because there are no known contraindications with rhodiola. So if you're new to adaptogens, that can be a good place to start. Uh, the other one is ashwagandha, which is calming. So uh, it turns down really our fight or flight sympathetic drive and can help with anxiety and depression so the smallest effective dose uh, again I'm not going to go into it but it affects your t3 and t4 and so it shouldn't be used if you're on thyroid medication so that's a contraindication for ashwagandha is if you have thyroid problems or if you're on thyroid medication you shouldn't take it you really need to speak to your GP or your functional medicine doctor Uh, it is also high in iron so if if you have any issues with iron elevated iron you really need to avoid using it Uh, but it is quite a popular calming adaptogen and I think that I think that's enough oh no one more thing that I want to talk about (laughs) Uh, how should we change our supplementation during our menstrual cycle uh, or should we supplement during the luteal phase you know that second phase of our cycle where physiologically there's some stuff going on which can make you know training feel harder recovery feel not as great you know our body is less resilient to stress so in our podcast, uh, Dr. Stacey Sims and I, we spoke about supplementation. She recommended women supplement with creatine for gut, muscle and brain health. But it's even more important to saturate the tissues with creatine during that luteal phase because of the body's high energy demands. So as I've spoken a little bit about recently, our uh, resting metabolic rate increases in that second phase of the cycle. And then if we're training on top of that, Uh, it's important that we saturate those tissues with creatine. Uh, She also recommends omega-3 fatty acids, glutamine, zinc, and magnesium. And all of those help support the body's increased inflammatory response uh, and increased oxidative stress as well as our immune system, especially in that second phase of the cycle when our tolerance and resilience to stress is not as great. Basically, the building of that endometrial lining pulls uh, a lot of nutrition from other areas and it can compromise our immune system. It takes a lot of energy to do that. So we really want to make sure we're eating enough or we're eating a little bit more in that second phase. Uh, We're taking kind of our, our health baseline level supplements. And then we definitely want to be supplementing with creatine. And then we could use that little cocktail that I've spoken about before that could help us manage stress a little bit better. And then I recommend uh, all women taking a collagen supplement. Collagen really helps support our muscle mass, the health of our joints, bones and connective tissue. Uh, Okay. I think that's, that's it. That's enough. Uh, Thank you so much for whacking me in your ears. It was an absolute pleasure as always. And I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. 
Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.